Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is once again another episode of Movie Time. Movie Time. What's up, y'all? So I have a question for all of you uh, and for you, uh, Blake. Uh, have you heard any good jokes lately? Because there was one great joke last night. <laughs> Get it? Slap. All right, whatever. Anyways, in this episode, we are obviously going to be doing our little recap of the Oscar ceremony because there's a lot of interesting stuff to happen and transpired last night. Um, as always, I am here. I am Renee, Loki Geek, your co-host, along with The Wolf, Blake Wolf. What's going on, my dude? Renee, how's it going? Um, I just want to say I think that you do not belong in a sequel to G.I. Jane, and I would never even make a joke along those lines whatsoever. Um, there's nothing to be said there in any way, and I would never want to in any way um, say anything like that. I'm I, I'm yeah. doing... <laughs> I, I, that's the joke you're referring to. Um, yeah, <laughs> we were our watch party in person uh, is, is our tradition now. And um, I'm glad I got to watch you do the recording, but I got diagnosed with the COVID on Saturday. So I was um, in my apartment by myself for the Oscars and just completely appalled jaw hitting the floor and just phone blowing up. Thank goodness uh, for the text messages, because that is what kept me going throughout and then the memes for the rest of the night. No, definitely. Um, first of all, it looks like you're doing well, so that's good to see that you're not bedridden or anything like that. And at least you were able to enjoy the broadcast last night. Uh, it, it definitely would have been interesting if we were both watching live on stream because the, uh, if you saw my reaction during that moment, I, I was dumbfounded. I had no idea what was happening. And it, it was just one of those moments where you don't expect it was going to happen. Um, but I guess I'm glad it did because uh, it definitely led to a lot of talking about the whole broadcast for sure. Uh, but we'll get into all that in a minute. Um, again, if you're new to this channel and this video, this is the Movie Time podcast with uh, The Geek and the Wolf. We do we now because it was Oscars. We were doing episodes like on, on pretty much on a daily basis, but this is really just a weekly podcast where you got two buddies coming together and bullshitting about movies and our love of cinema. So, um, you know, obviously the Oscars is going to be the main topic today. We're going to be going over obviously the elephant in the room, the big talk that everyone's talking about. We'll talk about our thoughts about that, our thoughts of the overall broadcast, what we liked, what we didn't like, what worked, and all that stuff like that. Our favorite moments, and we'll be comparing our ballots uh, towards the end of the episode to see who came out on top. Spoiler alert: it was me. Um, but anyways, you like what you see? Please. 
give us some love. Just hit that like button, smash it, punch it in the face, tickle it, you know, boop it, whatever you want to do to it. Just hit it and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And if you are interested in an audio format of this episode or any other episode that is featured on the YouTube channel, you could find it on the Low Key Geek podcast channel through your podcast platform of choice. So with that all being said and done, Will Smith and Chris Rock. So Wow, what a moment, huh? Uh, when we were talking about, or, re, re, you know, we were kind of reviewing uh, how the Academy and everyone was trying to make these broadcasts a little bit more entertaining, I really don't think they were expecting this to happen, for sure. Um, so, a lot of people, I'm sure, pretty much know my reaction if they had a chance to watch my, my watch-along last night, but... I want to know, Blake, how did you react during that crazy moment? Yeah, I don't think we need to do any recapping. I think by this point, everyone's already gone through like 12 yeah. news thing. I've spent the Oscars ended. We're recording this almost 24 hours after the Oscars ended. I'm glad we had that time to like, because uh, in the moment, processing of it was a wild experience. Um, oh, yeah. Since then which I'm sure you'll get into, but there have been um, announcements made by multiple parties. Um, my personal experience watching it was, okay, the broadcast is cutting out. So I assume there's some kind of technical error, and then I'm seeing what's happening in in real time, sort of, but it was cutting out. Um, and then there was just whatever confusion, but obviously uh, there are the people who first thought was it was a bit or a staged and of course i think that was mine everyone that's what you would assume yeah. on at the oscars um if it's not during a speech it is probably staged is is usually the assumption um everything on in those is so planned out um but then once i saw will smith's choked up type screaming i thought okay no something happened and they cut out the broadcast which isn't something you would do for a staged bit um the funniest um, take, in my opinion, in response to the idea that it, like, some people still are trying to save the stage. They go, no, I've seen Chris Rock and Will Smith act, and that was not, <laughs> this was so much better. <laughs> There's no way that they could have convinced that, that many people that it was real, because they're not they're really that good actors most of the time, even though Will Smith may have won the award eventually, but um, definitely not Chris Rock. Um I and then it's just a matter of time before the audio footage comes through on Twitter. Thank goodness for the Australian and Japanese feeds coming through on Twitter like heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, and for some reason, it just another one of those moments I'm going, this was only beeped uh, or or censored in the American broadcast because of our obsession with curse words, right. nudity, like that. If it wasn't because of the whatever, however many dirty words you can't say on TV, we would have had the audio. There's no reason. Yeah. It's not like something horrific happened. It was just mm -hmm. he said my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And and right. that's why, it, which is absurd to me. That's a whole nother uh, rant. But yeah, um, once you get to see the video with the audio and you put it together. And then the question was, if, if somebody knew Jada... Pinkett Smith's backstory with her her alopecia, then then the whole thing makes sense real quickly. If you don't, and for myself, I'm trying to do some like, okay, is he is Will Smith hungry? Is there alcohol involved? Is he stressed out? Did he mishear Chris Rock? And the other thought I had when I'm texting with friends about it was, 
there are sometimes when when women shave their heads for medical reasons that are tragic and maybe we just didn't know about that. Turns out we did know about it. Jada Pinkett Smith was public about it. I just hadn't read that article. Um, right. uh, people who had their first response was like, oh, you know, Chris Rock had that coming or yeah, he had crossed a line, whatever. Um, we can we can get into whatever back and forth, what's right and wrong. It, I think it's just such a bizarre and unique circumstance that in the moment processing it, processing it and watching a lot of people process in real time was interesting there were a lot of really bad takes immediately yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. their opinions off the bat that, that weren't weren't cute in in the light of day yeah. um but that what an event um the we we had talked before about the moonlight oscars and you know should we do a, a live reaction to this thing um what are the odds that something that wild would happen again? But it'd be cool if we did have video of something like that, where you know everyone's wanting to the replay and to check on reactions to it. And then w- what do you know? Just a few years later, um, other comparisons I'd seen where there's a moment where I think Courtney Love throws a shoe at Madonna um, on on um, at a live event. There's one where there's a streaker at the Oscars in the '70s. There's the Moonlight um, moment uh, with La La Land. The other comparison I thought was interesting was um, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. These moments where just something's happening in real time that's confrontational, that people aren't expecting, that is not part of the expected events. And everyone's going, did that really just happen? And then it dominates the water cooler conversation the whole next day. Yep. That kind mm-hmm. of so rare um, that it was it was hard to know what was real, what wasn't, and how to respond. Um, I'm glad we got, we gave ourselves a full day to, to talk about this after, after those news cycles came in. What was, what was your experience? Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, no, um, it, it, it is good that we gave a full news cycle, uh, to go through. Cause you know, as expected, this is going to be the topic that's going to be talked about all week, right? Like, because there's going to be like aftermath and there's going to be some backlash. And, you know, things came down already through the wire all day about what's going on, which I'll read in a minute just so everyone's up to date on what's going on. But my initial reaction was I didn't realize that that was a landed slap. I thought it was one of those Hollywood staged punches because of the way the camera angle was, right? And so immediately I thought it was a bit. And then when the audio cut out and then it, the, the crazy thing was that they had the camera on Will Smith's face the whole time and they showed it on TV as he's blurting out, you know, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth twice. He says it twice. Right. <laughs> and like you, when I saw Will Smith's face, I immediately knew, OK, wait a minute. No, this is something big that's happening. This is not this is not for show this is real and then chris rock's dumbfounded reaction he, he it's rare to see him kind of stumble with words and get lost and be silent in a way like he didn't know how to react which is not what chris rock does he knows how to react to everything so he just didn't know what to do and he tried to go like get right back into the presentation which is the downside of it all. It really, I think, soured the presentation for documentary because that was Questlove's moment, right? And uh, he gave this um, really, really sweet speech about his dad and, you know, like he was honoring his dad and he even cried and all that. But I felt like 
that was all missed because I was still focusing on what the hell did I just fucking see, right? Like, I would, you know, I'm still like, and I think it soured the mood for the rest of the night, too, you know, and yet Amy Schumer, he even made a joke about it, like how the mood has changed, uh, like, oh, did I miss something, you know, or all that kind of stuff like that. Um, and I think, unfortunately, like the great moments for like Coda winning and everything like that, I think it, it kind of is overshadowed because of this one incident, you know, and, and everything. But um, as far as like who's in the wrong and who's in the right here, you know, look, my initial take was, you know, Chris Rock is a type of comedian who never holds back, you know, just and you're in an Oscar awards show. And we've seen this with other comedians in the past. Anyone who's within the first five rows, they're sitting ducks. They're targets, right? We've seen that with Billy Crystal, even though his comedy is a little bit different. Ricky Gervais just didn't give a fuck, right? He just would rag on anybody, you know, like, you know, as he's going like, I don't care. I just don't care, you know, because he really doesn't, right? Um, And then here you have Chris Rock, who, you know, he's... He's kind of like a Chappelle-like comedian where he just like, you know, he'll just riff and and rag on whatever. Now, um, one of the things that came out today was that that line about the G.I. Jane, um, that that was ad-libbed. So they do a rehearsal before every show and all that. And that was not part of his routine. So it was something he definitely did ad-lib and all that. So in a sense, I can kind of understand how it would have taken Will Smith off guard and everything. And we saw later on, I think they had pictures of Jada's reaction once the joke was made and she obviously was not happy and everything. But as a comedian, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you would expect, right? Like you're not going to thrill everybody. You're going to piss some people off, right? And watching a comedian, you know that that is also what is kind of to be expected. I mean, I've been to comedy shows where I sat in the front. I was picked on and all that. You know, it depends on how you react. You either play back with the comedian or just take it and laugh, right? And all that. Um, Will Smith, I mean, I have many different opinions about Will Smith. Um, I think Will Smith could possibly be going through some stuff right now. You know, I mean, his public drama with Jada, you know, with the whole infidelity stuff and their marriage and the yada, 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 and their kids are always in the spotlight for this and that. I just think this adds again to the whole drama that is the Smith family, you know, how it's always publicized and it's out there in the public. And it's getting kind of tiring, to be honest with you. This adds to that, but in a really bad way. You know, I, I you saw Southside Philly Will Smith come out last night, and he was just like, you know, like rage or whatever. And I don't know if that was fueled by Jada, you know, looking at him like you're gonna let him get away with that or whatever. Um, but it was embarrassing in a way, you know, and it, it's kind of like, you know, there are certain ways. Like I do commend him standing up for your for your woman. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. I love that. You know, I'll, any chance someone can do that, you should. But there are other ways to do that, not in the way that it was handled last night, yeah, especially when you're talking about love and nonviolence and all that, and then you, you ran up on stage and slapped someone in the face, right? Um, so um, it, it was, I think it was just a sour moment for the broadcast. I think a sour moment for Will Smith. Um, sour moment for Chris Rock because I mean that joke was also in, in bad taste poor taste knowing like Jada's medical condition and everything like that um, it was just bad all across the board 
you know, and um, to read just quickly through some of the stuff that uh, came out today. So Richard Williams, who Will Smith portrayed in uh, King Richard, he spoke out saying that we don't know all the details of what happened, but we don't condone anyone hitting anyone else unless it's in self-defense. So that was his take on it. I already mentioned that the Chris Rock joke was ad lib. SAG-AFTRA, that is the uh, Actors Guild, that all actors and actresses are part of. Uh, they said that Will Smith's uh, behavior was unacceptable, so they're not really happy with it. Right now, you have the Academy Board that set up a meeting for Wednesday night to talk about any repercussions that might happen. There are talks about maybe possibly um, uh, uh, suspending Will Smith from the board of uh, the Academy Board. Um, there are rumors whether or not what will happen to his award, whether or not they're going to strip it from him or not. I think they're probably not going to do that. Um, but I know there are some people who are saying that they should. Um, and, you know, and just things. Like, and then the other people had their takes on it. Like Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish uh, spoke up for Jada and said, like, you know, this is what I love to see. And that's how things should happen. Will Smith's son tweeted right away and said, that's how we do it. I guess, you know, he's championing the uh, Southside Philly family. Like, yeah, this is how we represent. Um, and uh, I think one of the best pictures I saw was Nicole Kidman's reaction. And someone mentioned, said in a meme that this is the most acting and emotion I've seen from Nicole Kidman in the last couple of years, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Along the uh, opener. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going um I think your audio is like cutting in and out there, like um just wondering um and just give yeah, give I think you're okay now, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying that that meme is giving her as much play as the AMC movie theater preview that she's been doing. So <laughs> it was her big highlight of the night because she wasn't going to get any award. Exactly. Yeah. I think now every time we do see that AMC beginning, she's going to be watching a replay of the Oscars and the smack happening. I'm surprised someone didn't do that already. I'm sure that's probably any minute now we'll see that on YouTube or, or Twitter and stuff like that or TikTok. Um, but yeah, and, and it's really interesting to see how other people were reacting. Like, like for example, during the watch along, you had a mixed bag. You had a lot of people saying that Will Smith had every right to do that. And you had other people that said, like, Will Smith should have never done that. Uh, you know, you had people saying Chris Rock should have known better. And other people were saying, well, Chris Rock is a comedian. You know, it's kind of to be expected and everything like that. So, but I think majority of the people, like you said, thought it was a staged act for a while. And then I think once more and more evidence came out that it wasn't, uh, I think people were just like, just like dumbfounded as to how could something like that happen right so um I, i'm curious as to your thoughts as to what is to be now the perception of will smith what will possibly happen to will smith um what's what will if anything happen to chris rock moving forward and how is this going to affect possibly future broadcasts of the awards yeah, I'm, I'm happy to prognosticate. We obviously don't know, but I'm going to put on my, my little future hat. Future Oscars are going to have to be much more scripted, I imagine. I'm surprised mm -hmm. that anything would ever happen now these days. Um, I, and then in that event, 
hopefully somebody catches a joke like that beforehand and says, hey, because I, I have to also assume Chris Rock didn't know about her condition or else I would he have made that joke. It feels like just one of those dumb things where you say it and then you go, oh, I didn't realize that that was shit and then would apologize for it, but that obviously isn't what happened. Um, yeah. So I have to, Oscars are going to be more scripted. Um, I imagine, I don't know that this hurts Chris Rock or Will Smith's career. In 2022, controversy helps careers. Uh, attention and being in the news cycle helps careers. And a lot of people generate false controversy just to get their name out there and get more play. Not that either of them really needed that level of awareness or attention, but you just, it's so rare to see a controversy properly take a hit on someone's career. And oftentimes there's the, opposite effect where someone's involved in controversy and then they get more attention they're in the you know they're a trending hashtag and that's almost it feels like part of the of there's this celebrity uh there's like the take cycle and there's the backlash and backlash backlash the backlash and like you see that when someone becomes more controversial like a kanye west sometimes that elevates their brand or they sell more or their their net worth goes up it's, it takes some really egregious crimes for other people to stop doing business with you and for fans to stop giving you their money. Um, so I don't see this affecting their careers. They're also such household names. Um, and Will Smith having his own production companies, I don't see him getting taken off of any projects for this. If it wasn't a fluke, if, if it didn't feel like just a, a blip, in, in, but it was, if it was part of like an ongoing pattern, mm-hmm. something like that, that might be that might be different. That might be something where someone says, okay, this is you know evidence of an ongoing issue. And now we can't have this man on set. We don't trust him around other people, but that, that doesn't seem like what would be happening at all. Chris Rock, I'm assuming gets more people defending. You should be able to say whatever you want type people. And like the people who go to his shows might be more of those type of, you know, the, the YouTube commenter commenters or like the free speech. There's going to be like, plenty of whatever that group of people is like the men's rights activists kind of like troll type people like you might get more people like that in his shows i don't see there are gonna be some people who are gonna say hey if you made that joke i'm not gonna buy a ticket to your next show but i bet his ticket price is gonna be right about the same for every one person who said no another person's gonna say yes you know to that it seemed to have divided people 50 50 i don't see it moving yeah. the needle on career either way realistically i think um Winners of the night is Toxic Masculinity. Had a great night. Once again, you know, give it, it's, it's never lost the title belt. Um, and then who had, I think that both people also, they acquitted themselves fairly well. Will Smith in his speech, and I know if you're on the anti-Will Smith side of this, it's not going to matter. I tend to find myself um, being an apologist for Will Smith in this whole incident. Um, and I'm going to say with an open mind that his speech honestly was pretty, he did pretty well. He didn't, without apologizing to Chris Rock, he still did an apology speech, uh, and had his own moment and threaded that needle that was, should have been near impossible. Many other people would have walked away, you know, just gone home for the night, would have melted down in front of everybody, would have doubled down and like yelled about something. And like, no, he, he, considering there were some other options, he held himself pretty well. Chris Rock took a punch like a champ. 
uh, has a strong chin. And as a comedian, that was about as good as you could do. And he didn't also didn't elevate it and then get into fisticuffs, which would have just been the worst possible thing for everybody. Imagine what's on the table after that moment is a brawl. What's on the table is an NBA-style brawl where you've got Bradley Cooper and Denzel and Anthony Hopkins maybe somehow in the middle of it. and like <laughs> Judy Dench, like, jumping up on stage. Yeah. Who knows what happens at that moment? That would have been the only thing that's, like, proper unhinged level anything and instead will smith walks up doles out a punishment and walks back if this had been a proper he's going for you know trying to draw blood and like go you know try to kill somebody that kind of like that moment where anything it wasn't that it was this thing happens chris rock takes it I, I know that you're saying he was he was he was definitely phased in the moment, but I think he held himself pretty well. He like bounces back pretty quickly. He like stumbles what he says a little bit, but he also had a in, in the moment like wow, that was one of the craziest moments in live television history. He then is able to like keep it going, which is wild too. Things could have gotten very chaotic very quickly. I think another winner of the night is the the Academy Awards. Their numbers go up, just like your numbers on the live broadcast went up. There's a version of this with in the wrong hands where cops are called or security's brought in and then things get really ugly. That's that could have happened. And you don't know what could be happening or who's talking to who, especially in those moments or how things could have escalated or not escalated. But in retrospect, they've made the right call. I honestly think things played out pretty damn well. I don't think the rest of the show is necessarily ruined. Maybe my ability to like consolidate that weird thing just happened and i'm watching quest love speech and coda's giving uh you know um getting the win i I feel like it yes the new cycle is consumed by this but i don't think it necessarily takes anything away it's just there's now another story happening on top of all of that i think if you're in coda you go home having a going like wow this pretty sweet night um and it's not like you know damn no one cares about my my victory because that other thing happened i you know uh, they got they got their win, and nothing could take that away. Um, I don't think that anybody takes Will Smith's Oscars away. I don't think, like, in theory, you could see he doesn't get to go to the Oscars for two more years or some some kind of punishment like that. Because there were no serious, serious consequences, nobody's in the hospital, um, there's just a lot of attention given to it, which, at the end of the day, I feel like every single PR and publicity person's got to be pumping their fists that they got more attention. And, yeah, it's... it's it's negative publicity, but it's publicity. And nowadays, yeah. our, mm-hmm. our person's mad about that. Then uh, there's the fact that it was still the second lowest rated Oscars broadcast history as far as the viewership numbers go. But it definitely did way better than last year, and that's good. Maybe there's some momentum here. I doubt it, but if, if they're able to fix some issues with the broadcast, which we'll get into the overall broadcast in a little bit. But if they're able to fix some issues, maybe they can use some momentum here and some people tuning in going, hey, anything could happen. This is pretty interesting. Um, a lot of people turn on their TVs and then maybe go, oh, Coda, maybe I should check that out. And, oh, this is actually a pretty good show. Amy Schumer had some good jokes, um, something like that. So at least they got some eyeballs, which gave them a shot at getting some some repeat viewers next year that they wouldn't have had otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, a lot of things you said I agree with. Um, you know, just to to close out this whole conversation about the whole thing. Um, it, it is interesting who uh stepped up to speak on behalf of either Chris or Will Smith, and I think it's the type of people you would expect. Like for example, tons of comedians stepped up to defend Chris Rock, right? Yet um I I, I 
I was going through Twitter and there was like every comedian like saying the same thing, right? You had Rob Reiner chiming in and just saying like that was unacceptable, blah, 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 you know, saying that Will Smith also comes from a kind of comedy background, so he should have understood or like handled it a little bit differently, all this kind of stuff like that. Um, I, like I said, I think both have their equal um, faults for what happened last night. You know, um, obviously, I do think Will could have at least handled it a little bit differently. Um, but to your point, I think it led to probably one of the more genuine and honest acceptance speeches because he had to reel it back and kind of speak from the heart at that moment. You know, who knows if he had something scripted ready to say or whatever the case is, but he had to basically take into account what just transpired and use that as part of his, you know, his uh, inspiration and how he goes about his life and all that. And he tried to also incorporate it with the type of role he was portraying in King Richard and all that, you know, how family stands up for family and this and that. And, you know, you know, you take care of your loved ones no matter what, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And yeah, like, you know, he did give his uh, apologies to the Academy. He made that little funny joke about, I hope I'm invited again next year without really apologizing to Chris Rock. Uh, according to Puff Daddy, apparently they did talk afterwards and things were okay, quote unquote. Um, it would have been interesting to see if the Academy did react differently because there was also reports that came out today that it was a game time decision to see whether or not they were going to take him out of the show to kind of escort him out of the building. Um, I know. And then by the time they were almost close to making the decision, they were about to announce him as you right. know, winner for best actor. Right. So it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if that was the case. Um, I'm glad that they didn't, to be honest with you, because I think, like I said, it gave him that moment to kind of speak up for himself and to shed some light on what, why he may have reacted the way he did and at least show some form of remorse for what transpired, right? Um, I also love the fact that you had Denzel going up to him during the commercial break, talking him down, leaving to that great, great um, uh, word of advice about, you know, sometimes the, the was it the, the highest you get, that's when the devil comes in. You know, which which is fantastic piece of advice to give somebody, you know, and I do think, honestly, just based off what I've heard about Will Smith, there there are a lot of devils in Will Smith, you know, and I'm sure he's gone through a lot of shit in his life. Um, and like I said, like all the public shit that happened with him and Jada and this and that, like there's a lot of stuff going on there. And it probably all culminated into that one moment where he kind of just lost it. Right. Um, so it, it's interesting to see when those things happen. Uh, but again, it, it's also good to see what happened, how everything was handled after the fact. Um, but I do think for general audiences, it did take them back, you know, and I think that's why focus really shifted onto, well, let's talk about the big gossip store instead of the rest of the awards. Right. And all that stuff, you know, like, like me, I, I was still able to focus on, you know, what was happening for the rest of the show. You know, I really, really was so thrilled when Coda won and this and that. But if you looked at the chat, like no more were they talking about what was happening as far as winners. It was just all constantly 
Chris Rock, Will Smith, Chris Rock, Will Smith. This, you know, it was just, and that's just how the public is. That's how, you know, it's it's like when you watch the news. The bad news is the one that always people have to, um, will talk about forever, right? Um, so it, it's really interesting. I, again, we will talk about future of the broadcast, which I, I think there still needs to be a lot of changes done. Um, yes, it, it was increased viewership from last year, but like you said, still second lowest rated of all time for them. Um, and for their stupid changes of nixing eight categories, still the, the, the show went 20 minutes over what it did last year, you know? So explain that, right? Like, come on, like it's, it's really, really ridiculous, but you know, again, interesting stuff. I want to know, obviously we want to know what all of you have to say about the incident that happened. You know, were you watching live? Is this something that maybe you caught on? maybe this morning the next you know the day after because i think it it happened late enough at night that i think a lot of people already tuned off and kind of went to bed already at that point at least on the east coast side um because i did see that a lot of people who joined my watch along they were about to go to bed they were like i'm a, i was just about to call it a night and then this happened now i'm glued because i i just want to see what else is going to happen right um, so I am curious, uh, we are curious to hear what your guys and gals think about it. You know, let us know in the comments, you know, right now I'm running a poll on the channel as to whose side are you on? Are you on Will Smith's side? Are you on Chris Rock's side? Are you on none of their sides? Or are you like, who cares? Like, yeah, you know, at this point, right? So, uh, check out the poll. I'm curious because as of the time of the taping, I, I, right now, a lot of votes on Chris. So a lot of people are on Chris Rock's side for sure. So very, very interesting to, to hear that. Um, but yeah, transitioning on, I think there's nothing else really more to talk about about that. Again, if you want to hear other people talk about and like do a deep analysis and deep dive and whether it was staged or not, there's tons of videos, there's tons of stuff out there, you know, do your search, do, do whatever. If you don't know exactly what happened and you're just watching this, just do a search and you'll find the unedited video and then you'll hear exactly what was said and what transpired there and all that. Um, I will say, though, for someone who once portrayed Muhammad Ali, his form was very poor. Like, no. that was just not a good swig. I mean, it could have been so much better. And that's the reason why Chris Rock was able to take it, because there was nothing behind that swig at all. I mean, come on, greatest of all time? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, if he wanted to, he could have done a lot worse. He said, this is a punishment. He said, I don't want to have to do this to you, young man, but I will. And, uh, yeah. No, I will say the way he kind of approached it was like probably what you'd have seen in like the old times, like when there was a gentleman disagreement and someone would just walk up because you notice like he kind of like, you know, unbuttoned his jacket, then he slapped him in the face and then he just walked around and buttoned his jacket back up and just walked off stage. Yeah, it was like a gentlemanly disagreement. Yeah, this was not a I'm going to fight until you, you know, you're unconscious moment. Right. This was fatherly. I think another phrase would be a pimp slap, like a I'm going to prove. I'm going to dole out a punishment. You cross the line. Here's what I'm going to do. And it reminded me exactly of like when I was growing up or if somebody's spanking their kids, like, okay, that's one spank. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to do this to you right now. Yeah. <sighs> what, yeah. a, what a moment. What a, yeah. what a night. 
I think I honestly don't think it took away from the rest of the awards. I don't know that people would be talking about Coda, you know, for 24 straight hours. But now instead, they're all talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. I think people would have been talking about Coda for about five minutes. And they Coda still got its little five minutes, but it was just interspersed within 24 hours. And in fact, the fact that so many people watched it and so many people are talking about the Oscars the next day. And so many people have said the phrase, well, this takes away from Coda's win. More people have said that than would have even mentioned or heard that Coda won. I'm just saying, That's I, true. I think I think on the business side of things, just cynically, regardless of morality, who's, whose side mm-hmm. are you on? Business-wise, this was better than the whole same Oscars, but without this one moment, in my opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, well said there. So, hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, so moving on to just the broadcast in general. I mean, yeah, I mentioned already that compared to last year's, which I think you and I agree flowed a lot better last year compared to this year. Um, And this is the year that they tried to implement a lot of different changes and all that. They took out eight categories, presented them an hour before the show, and weirdly tried to splice it into the live broadcast without mentioning that these were already previously awarded, which was so bizarre, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the splicing... It was such a choppy broadcast. I love broadcast in that regard. They're doing the five moments, movie moments of the last year. They're doing the eight awards spliced in. They're doing, this is the 60th anniversary of this movie, the 15th anniversary of Juno, the all throughout things like that. And just throwing them in and then moving on. The pacing was incredible. There are moments where they're just reading off a list of nominees very quickly. And I was impressed by some of that, but to do that, you need to have a clear direction of where we're going, what's happening, what am I looking at now? So there were plenty of times I literally am like writing a note down. I look up, I go, what? I don't even understand what's happening. Or we just transition from one thing to another quickly. And I spend half time going, why am I looking at the Matrix right now? Is it yeah. Matrix? How's this happening? Um, even though the Matrix 4 
should have been nominated. That's another story. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Space Jam 2 was a movie moment in 2021, we get into that another time. I agree with you, though. The pacing last year's was the one that was so... The flow was spectacular. The opening moment, Steven Soderbergh-themed movie credits, things like that, and then the the non-host host situation where there's someone guiding the ship more clearly. Here they had three hosts, but it feels like they got less time and were I don't know who to expect would be on stage or is, is what what they're doing, you know, when it's a bit and they would quickly throw to something else. Um that they cut those eight uh, awards is very I, I find offensive. Maybe the short films to make an argument to me that the short films just get rid of those in the future and and put them somewhere else, and I, I'd probably be okay with that. Most of the filmmaking is from one to me that is absolutely wild. Instead, we watched Wanda Sykes roast the entire Oscars Museum for what felt like so long. Do an ad for the Oscars Museum. Go for it. Don't do an ad where Wanda Sykes is roasting the Oscars Museum, making like sea level jokes about it, like the first thing that she thought of on the spot, and and then tell me that you can get rid of the awards. No matter what they did, people would say, "Well, you did that instead of that award." But there were a few moments in particular, like like any good uh, any week on SNL. There's always going to be a couple bum skits. But if you told me that you're getting rid of the monologue, you know the op- the cold opening or the to in order to put in more bad skits, then that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah. I think that um, um, I have I have what I think is the fix for for how to how to make the Oscars better. But I want to know I want to know more of your thoughts. You you only got to mention the flow so far. Yeah, I mean, God, there was just so many. So I I felt like this year they really kind of you know, going back to what you said they focus too much on bits too much on like comedic moments um the three hosts the the comedy just did not work for me at all i didn't laugh really at anything um you know during the opening monologue um when they did the whole dress up as your favorite you know movie moment like that was just awful that that was painful to watch really really painful to watch um you know like what i loved what they did last year is that they kind of brought it back to the whole love of movies and love of the craft you know when you had the the uh presenter kind of you know walking you through well this nominee started back in blah 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 they were under the tutelage of so and so and their love of movies came from this inspiration and all that stuff it really made me feel more attached to what i'm watching you know like i'd i'd love to hear background stories of what made someone want to be an actor or a director or a cinematographer or what have you and all that like i thought that that really brought it back to again the craft right like and here it was just a lot of i felt and i mentioned this last night they were playing to the crowd there not to the audience watching on tv like they were there you know these kinds of like bits and jokes like 
I feel like as you're watching there live, you're sloshed up a little bit because you're drinking and all that, and you're probably like, oh, this is hilarious. You know, you have, um, you know, th- three sports presenters. You had Tony Hawk, Sean White, and Kelly Slater talking about shit that they probably have no idea what they're talking about. And then they, I loved how they cut to a shot of... Um, uh, Andrew Garfield laughing his ass off. He's probably like, oh, these funny Americans. They're so great. You know, <laughs> it's just like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and, you know, I, and even like the little tribute to like Pulp Fiction and, and Juno, the Godfather tribute felt so flat. Like it could have been so much better, right? You had Pacino and De Niro who looked like they didn't want to be there at all. They were just like, "What am I doing here?" Uh, Coppola trying his best to talk about the movie and everything, and it was just like, "What's happening?" Like this should be like a more momentous moment for them. Um, and then you had people like Kevin Costner who, from the, from the get, just looked like he didn't want to be there either. He looked like he was somewhere else, based out of his mind, you know. Um, so it, there's just so many little things, and like, yeah, the Wanda Sykes museum thing that was just painful. Um, the music numbers were okay. I really loved Beyonce's uh, performance. You know, right out of Compton and in the tennis court, I thought that was very, very amazingly put together and well done. But then everything else felt kind of like underwhelming. You know, like it, it wasn't the type of musical performances you would have expected from Oscars that we are used to from the past, right? You're gonna put in the Bruno song, like all the way later on in the broadcast and it's not even nominated for original song like what was that what was the whole point in that you know and if that was to uh grab attention of younger viewers by the time it was on everyone was probably asleep at that point or had or off in their room playing xbox or something you know it's just like it, it just didn't make a lot of sense and yeah i i am curious to hear what your thoughts are uh, as far as improving the broadcast in general but I do feel like it was a travesty to get rid of those eight categories and the way they treated it as like the the weird splicing it in again not even mentioning to people watching that this was previously already done you know like they tried to play it off as it was semi-live or or whatever or maybe happened during the commercial break like it was just so bizarre and it, it, it just didn't you know, even though they showed it on TV, I, I think it really didn't give the proper attention to those people involved in those categories. Because, again, those are the people who need to have the attention put on them because whatever happens could lead to more work for them in the future, more things that they could be attached to, you know, more so than I mean, you know, the actors, actresses, directors, they're all going to get work. They're all going to continue to work in this business. Right. It's rare that your production design person or your person that's involved in sound will get some shine on on, on screen. You, you directed your first short film and now you get the recognition but it's done offset you know like come on like this is a this could be a future full feature director or something like that you know we don't know but the fact that they didn't get enough of that shine is just unfortunate and um 
I don't know if they're going to reincorporate that into next year's broadcast. Uh, obviously, it didn't do anything for time because we went. They still went over twenty minutes compared to last year when you had everything included. So, uh, is it the bits they're going to get rid of? Is it the multiple hosts? I don't know. But uh, what what is your take as to how they could improve on the the broadcast as a whole? You mentioned the we don't talk about Bruno moment, and it feels like a great example of their their intent their best intentions just falling flat you bring in megan the stallion who shout out to her first female rap performance in oscars history that's awesome i love her that was a weird moment and they're not doing the best parts of the famous song they're adding parts to it and part of the whole conversation beforehand was oh they nominated the wrong song that's the popular song and it's as if they go oh i know i know how we can get the, t- the teens excited and in that same, as if it was the Steve Buscemi, what is it, the Hey Fellow Teenagers, uh, <laughs> have Tony Hawk come out, who, if I was 11, 23 years ago, I'd be like, oh, cool, Tony Hawk. And now what every 11-year-old is like, oh, yeah, I, uh, my, my dad told me there used to be a video game about this guy. I don't know. There were so many moments that felt like, and then I think the best example is the Twitter poll for movie moment of the year because every single person who has any idea how the internet works knows that that's the worst idea possible is putting it to a fan vote as if that'll tell you anything and then we have to have two Zack Snyder movies win the first (laughs) thoughts um ending with what was it the flash speed force action moment something we have the other three army of the dead a Johnny Depp movie, which I had not heard of until last night. We had Camilla Cinderella. And is that when Matrix is shown at some point? Is during those five? Something happened there. I don't know. But yeah. get someone on your fucking staff who knows how the internet works. Who knows how like fan bases work in general. To me, the most obvious thing is play to your base. This is something that people have learned before is it in a world where everyone's attention is so divided you're not going to become the movie broadcast and be able to entertain everyone who doesn't give a shit about the movie broadcast if someone is interested in skateboarding they're probably going to be on their skateboard instead of watching the oscars and there's going to be a million you know tiktok and youtube channels and things out in the real world that can take their attention from the oscars Everyone's attentions are so diverted now. You're not going to be able to have a 50 million, you know, viewership broadcast ever again. Give that up. Instead, do something very, very well. And instead of trying to please everyone and doing a shitty job at it and pissing off your base, because the worst possible scenario is that the people like Renee and I, who love movies, aren't taking your broadcast seriously. And yeah, I, there's, there's a chunk of us who are going to watch no matter what, but there's a lot of people out there who like movies and say, that's why I don't even take the Oscars seriously because they're no longer a broadcast for film lovers. They're not showing some of the most important awards. Uh, they're not giving enough time to the, to the awards that matter, the, the people we want to hear from. And instead it's, they're doing hokey bits. Not, not only like, Honestly, I'll say Amy Schumer had some good jokes. I was texting with people like, oh, that was about five good jokes in a row. Everything else, in my opinion, that the that the host did, there were some really painful moments. There's one where Regina Hall, I heard that they're like, I heard where the joke was going. And I go, oh, that's funny. She's going to act like these five hot men need to go back to her dressing room. Okay, we get it. 
and then they oh, you, you, you you mean you you don't like the molestation of two guys on stage roping people on stage is a little uncomfortable I, i'll say that i don't know who didn't know that but that's a weird thing to watch happen and then to joke about and then horny COVID humor is just such a niche brand of comedy i don't know why you had to do that there it's not just like one little moment of saying oh if you got rid of that it would have been shorter and better and now you boom fixed i think it's more of a paradigm shift and so when you have a pulp fiction moment i literally thought about texting my brother and saying hey this is one of your favorite movies Go turn on the Oscars right now. We got Sam Jackson and John Travolta Uma Thurman in the same room. This is going to be awesome. And instead, we get a hokey bit. And the reason why I didn't text my brothers is because I knew they were going to do that. In another world where this is a thing that film lovers are taking seriously, I would have texted them. He probably would have gone and turned it on, and they would have had another viewer. And instead, I go, now nah, they're going to they're going to they're going to whiff this just like they do so many things. And like there's a there's a, a Juno bit. Um, there's the, 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 somebody, um, somebody joking about, um, this is the most time I've, I've been nominated a few times. This is the most time I've had, oh, Woody Harrelson, the white Woody Harrelson. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a Pulp Fiction moment, I'm going there like, is this going to be canon is, and they're doing the briefcase thing and then it's the envelope. Like that shit was so hokey in my opinion. Any real movie lover is going to think they're rolling their eyes. You're just kind of like patronizing the real movie lovers at best. And a lot of times pissing them off or offending them, distracting them from what they really care about. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I personally am going to watch. There's a lot of people who don't have, have stopped watching. So instead they could say, Hey, you know what? We're going to get a good 20 million people every year, 15, something like that, no matter what. And we're going to do that very well and, and play that. And instead they just keep seeing the numbers dropping and there isn't a, a, floor in sight thank goodness for the will smith moment otherwise without that i'm guessing the numbers would have been lower than last year and with no floor in sight that's bad so at some point you just say all right we're gonna do this thing very well that's that's my opinion on the fix um and then the montages the the godfather montage was done poorly and it was rushed i can go to youtube right now and watch someone expertly recap the godfather series and get cold chills and i can watch like the, YouTube may have ruined the montage as we knew it back in the day, but if you were going to do that, you know, spend three, four minutes, give me cold chills, get me going. As soon as this is over, I'm going to go put on the Godfather. I, I started to feel that and then it was over by the time. Like I, I, I could even, anything could register with me. Every single uh, one of those recaps, every bit, any moment they had to really appease and, and win back movie fans, I feel like they, they whiffed it. And everything else was a lost opportunity. What, what do you think, right. Renee? Um, yeah. First, of all, I want to go back to those two fan-voted categories, which was their attempt to, you know, involve the internet and younger audiences, right? But like you said, you, you're going to allow fans to vote willy-nilly on their choices for was it best pop? Best pop on on screen pop and a fan favorite movie from last year. You have the Zack Snyder army who is apparently extremely strong, and they count. They came out in droves to vote for yes, for pop, like whatever pop moment, the flash scene from Justice League, and Which for was that? Well, that was from the Snyder cut. Is that right? Because yeah. It was yeah. Last year, so they allowed it. <laughs> yeah, on the foot, you have to include that one. That was the Snyder cut. 
What is happening? I mean, the fact the the fact that in fifth place was the original Matrix bullet scene, like okay. that movie came out ages ago. <laughs> okay, here's here's what that has to be in my mind because I thought it was only twenty one movies, and in Matrix Four they actually show moments from Matrix One. You're telling me that no. they were not even referencing Matrix Four. This was the original Matrix. Check the tape. Go back. Oh, it is the original bullet scene from the Matrix. The award was for all movie moments in the history of movies? For pop. Like, yeah, because there's two, right? So there's the big pop moment. I guess the big cheer moment or whatever. That was the category. So one of them was, yeah, original Matrix. Another one was Avengers Endgame when he screamed out Avengers Assembled. You know, that was another one. And then, like, the winner was uh, the Flash scene from you know, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And then you had the fan f- voting, which included movies from last year. Okay, and that's, are, yeah. Was that? These are two different things. These are different moments in the broadcast. Because yeah. I guess the point that these things are so all over the place that while I'm watching, I wasn't even able to follow, like, where am I right now? But thank you for clarifying that for me because I was genuinely lost in that moment. Okay, but that, that does make sense with what I was talking about before. Please. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up what those two categories were but basically uh let's see it, it's funny when you try to look it up and it's even harder to find what this was but <laughs> but yeah for for the 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 first oscar fan favorite award it went to army of the freaking dead a netflix movie from Zack Snyder, but second place was Cinderella, which when we were doing our video before, I said it was on fir- it was in first. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was very close, very very close to winning. Um, but like I said, the Zack Snyder army came out in droves and just you know flogged the system and just you know made sure that their favorites were elected. But that was just bizarre. That it, it didn't fit. It didn't fit at all. And again, the way they spliced it into the broadcast was just like, oh, by the way, blah, 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 fan pop moment, did it it. And I was just like, wait, what's happening right now? Um, and it was it was just laughable, especially when, you know, the Army of the Dead was announced as the fan favorite movie from last year. I'm just like, really? Like, like, wow, that's just so bizarre. So, yeah, that was just painful. Um, and I really hope they don't bring that back because just that's just like a shit show. And okay. <laughs> do you have the, do you actually have the, the them in front of you the list like the that if not it's okay. But uh, you know what? Why don't you why don't you filibuster for a bit and I'll pull it up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what what blows my mind is it's the most unnecessary self-inflicted wound in history because you're not giving out an oscar but you also don't want to tell everyone hey this doesn't fucking matter and we're just trying to patronize some one would-be fans that we're hoping maybe will pay attention we want the average person because the average person who's voting for these wasn't going to watch the oscars anyway it's not like 14 year old kid goes oh right army of the dead that's a movie now i remember i love movies and i love the oscar that's not that is not how that equation would ever happen where someone just finds themselves watching the oscars i think they're almost going at it with a mentality of back in the day when there was only a handful of channels that is kind of what would happen you'd go ah i'm channel surfing now 
okay, what is this? Oh, this is the Oscars. This is interesting. Oh, right. Here's some movies that I'm interested in. I'm going to keep watching this. No one has, has channel surfed since, like, however long, because the amount of things that already have taken you away, there's no need to channel surf anymore. You might Netflix surf or something like that, but to just go, oh, hey, I have 700 channels. I'm going to willy-nilly click through these, and I'm going to find myself on the Oscars and see if it grabs my attention. That doesn't happen anymore. And if it does, it's not to the fan base that they're trying to appeal to. If that happens, it's to, like, the 70-year-old person who just doesn't know how their TV works, and they're just like, like, I could see an older relative of mine doing that. And this isn't hate on them, but... If that's who you're trying to get as the channel surfing person, then you don't need to be advertising Army of the Dead or Camilla Cabello Cinderella. And instead, just do like a big Godfather montage or like best moments of Fred Astaire's career and do like a 15-minute thing. Play some old I Love Lucy mixed with Nicole Kidman introducing them. There are a lot of options if you want to get that fan base. But with this one, and instead, there's no Oscar. They don't get to say, hey, this doesn't actually matter. Sorry, we, we goofed. So they have to, like, own it, show it, and then also just try to move it on as quickly as possible. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the way they conducted these votes was that they created two hashtags. Hashtag hashtag Oscars cheer moment for best cheer moment in movies. And hashtag fan, what is it? Hashtag uh, Oscars fan favorite. So... For the Oscars cheer moment, these were the ones that came in. So you had... Movies, is that the assumption? What's that? Like, of cinema. Those are able... Those are eligible. Any. Any movie okay. in the history of movies. <laughs> Winners of the five greatest cheers moments. Oh, right. That's what part of what's coming out. People kept saying cheers moments. I'm like, the TV show? You, you missed oh. it. Also, yeah, okay, the moments where people cheer. God. Yeah, right, right. So, right, so the ones that came in, like I said, the Neo dodging bullets in the original Matrix, the Spider-Man team-up moment in Spider-Man No Way Home, Jennifer Hudson singing And I'm Telling You in Dreamgirls, the the Avengers Assemble moment in Avengers Endgame, and of course, and of course, the the Flash moment in in uh, Justice League, right? Number one of all number one movie moment of, of all time for the Oscars. Of, Where um, you didn't say Casablanca anywhere in there or Gone with the Wind. I didn't hear you mention Star Wars Jaws. Was there a no? You, there wasn't. Um, not even um, Titanic. What about maybe a Titanic? I'm trying to think of. Great movies that are also popular. No, none of those. It was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not even like in Jurassic Park. You know, where the where the T Rex like is in the museum and just, like, <laughs> and, and just after tearing up shop with the Raptors and all that. Nothing like that. Um, give me some ET right for a million. Yeah. Let's like like I want it next time you and I hang out. Let's come up with the five best moments in movie history, and we'll have such a fun time. That'd be great. Get a panel of experts. That's it. That's that's a that's a future episode. We're gonna do it right. We're gonna do it right. That'd be a great Saturday afternoon for me. But yeah. the fact, I promise you this: no matter what, not maybe one of those, maybe one of those would end up on there. There's a zero percent chance that fucking three of the there's three of them that I just can't even. That's hilarious. The Dreamgirls moment was cool. That might be the 800th greatest moment in movie history. (laughs) Selling it a little high. 
the Matrix moment is kind of cool. The, the Avengers moment, that was a, you know, we're pumping our fists where they team right. up. That was cool, sure. <laughs> Spider-Man one is such a, sh- a short memory version of who would win. Like, I don't know, it was the last cool movie I saw where something cool happened. That one, putting it down. Yeah, exactly, cool. yeah. But what's even sadder is it's not like, you and I went into this thing and like, oh man, people are, I'm sure that's what some old fuddy duddies thing is like. People, young kids are so dumb. They don't appreciate the classics. That's not how this kind of poll works. That's not how Twitter works. <laughs> no, no. And then, and then just to round out the, the hashtag Oscars fan favorite. Um, and I wish I saw this before. So apparently they posted, and this is the Academy posting this, the, the leaderboard of who was leading the votes. This was posted on February 28th, right? And it looks like it, it didn't really change much since then. So you had, like you said, Minamata, the Johnny wait, wait. Depp movie, which I had no idea ever existed. And I remember seeing it, I was just like, is that Johnny Depp? The category is best movie of the last year? Is that what we're Os- getting... No, the the category. All right, get it right here, Blake. It's Oscars fan favorite. So okay. if you if you just hashtag tweeted Oscars <laughs> fan favorite or go to OscarsFanFavorite.com, which I'm going to right now, and I want to see how someone would actually vote in this thing. Oh, the event edit. Screw you, yeah. Academy. Um, but it looks like this was the one where you had to choose a movie from last year. Okay. So, as compared uh, to the previous one, for Donald Trump, QAnon presidency would be the the winning vote of the yeah. So they they narrowed it down to not just whatever people said on Twitter with weird hashtags, but right. Okay, so it's uh, the to be a legitimate winner, you had to have been a movie released in twenty twenty one. So so who were right. the best five movies? Not according to the Academy, but according to to Twitter dot com. Yeah, so uh, so there's 10 of them. So I'm just going to read all 10 of them. And I'm going to go from the bottom and make uh, work my way up. All right. So number 10 was Tick, Tick, Boom. Number 9 was The Suicide Squad. You had, which which I find to be extremely low on the list. Uh, number uh, Number 8, you have Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Did this award was to give that something some shine at the Oscars, but instead it didn't even make the top five. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. No way. It didn't work. <laughs> um, then you have Sing Two, uh, The Power of the Dog. Again, Minamata, which is a movie I had no idea existed. I am so curious about it now uh, because. Every single week, you and I are like reading trade publications of movies. Our newsfeed is just nonstop. Like this movie's coming out in the next. Never even heard of that one. How Never bizarre. heard of it. Never heard Love. of it. <laughs> um, then you had Malignant, uh, Dune, and then this is where it gets really funny. You have Cinderella. This is the Amazon Cinderella, by the way. And Army of the Dead, who won number one. And mind you, the winner here does not get an official statue. This is just for mention's sake. Just shout out. Yeah. Here's how. Here's here's who should. <laughs> I really wish they'd. Here's who should have been the ten best picture contenders for this year. Imagine they, they had to vote, and then yeah, now Power of the Dog wins. Dune gets second. Cody gets eleventh at best. 
<laughs> Minamata yeah. beats Kobe. Oh, good goodness gracious. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's crazy. What happens is obviously it's the same, the same like men's rights trolley weirdos we were talking about before, where a movie like a Johnny Depp one, which I'm not going to get into Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation, but you have a very serious like them, this, the Zack Snyder folks, like there's, there's, there's groups of fan bases online who are super active and really good at 4chan and mobilizing groups of people to vote for things like that. The Camilla yeah. Cabello. I guess is a, is a super amazing hype. If Beyonce had a documentary last year, she's probably in, ends up in this top ten because the Beehive is so powerful, and yeah. everyone knew that except the organizers of the 2022 Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. wild, yeah, crazy stuff. So, so yeah, so just to to close out the whole broadcast and how I think it should be improved. I think at this point, like you said, they should just forget the fact and the idea that it's ever going to go back to the glory days of the show um i honestly think they should remove it from network television i think they should put it on cable or streaming service um that's how they could save money because you know they're throwing in tons of money for this live broadcast and all that stuff you know i mean yes they get commercials and sponsorships but how much are they really getting if viewership is so low, right? And it's dropping year over year. Um, I think if you move it off of network television, it, it lessens the stress and pressure to try to appeal to everybody, right? Or appeal to a younger audience. Maybe you'll get a younger audience, you know, because it's not on network television, because who has cable anymore? To watch this broadcast, you had to either have cable know somebody who has cable so that maybe you could steal their login for the web account and all that (laughs) or sign up for hulu tv youtube tv fubo live tv.com because you couldn't access it otherwise right that was it and you think you're gonna have people like you know bending over backwards to try to watch this show if they don't have cable please it's not gonna happen more than likely they'll go to a bar Right, hang out with a bunch of other people drunk and off their minds and not even really fully pay attention. And then when the Will Smith thing happens, they're like, oh, shit, best night of my life, you know, and all that. But uh, they, they need to figure out a way to get it more accessible to people because right now it's not. Uh, and I think if you put it on, you know, uh, go crazy, put it on a Netflix you know, make it a, a live Netflix broadcast. Disney Plus and ABC, yeah. same parent company. Right. A lot of more people have Disney Plus than uh, surely than would be like I, I had to download Fubo on a 24 hour free trial See? like yeah. an idiot. And I had to set four reminders to cancel it. So I didn't get charged $70 at whatever it was noon the next day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I, I think I think if they figure that out, then I think everything else could fall into place. Then it wouldn't matter anymore about, you know, viewer numbers, viewership numbers and all that. And then maybe they could spend more time now focusing on things that do matter, because the one thing you don't want to happen, you don't want this to become the joke like the Golden Globes, because right now right. the Golden Globes is a huge ass joke. Right. No one really nobody takes that seriously, not even media not even people within the business that we're doing right that we're in right now none of them take this seriously they weren't even on tv this year and that's right. not next year for the oscars but 10 years from now i it's not there's no telling what could happen if you just have you know if the bottom drops out and people don't take it seriously and, yeah. and honestly it didn't seem like a lot of people were mad that the golden gloves weren't on tv this year 
And I had literally heard multiple sources saying this year's Oscars broadcast felt like a Golden Globes, which is not good. That's not the kind of it's conversation we have. No, not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, I know they're going to be talking a lot about it in the upcoming weeks because I'm sure there were a lot of things they weren't happy about. I'm sure they're hearing a lot of stuff. You know, of course, the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, which to give you guys an update, as of the taping of this right now, I'm checking the poll. 19 votes in. You have 53 percent people on the side of Chris Rock, 16 percent people on the side of Will Smith, 26 percent people are still watching the Oscars. Five percent. <laughs> neither. There you go. So make sure cast your vote on the Loki Geek YouTube channel there. So. Um, so I guess let's carry, let's move on and, you know, let's talk about, I guess, uh, what were the moments that you actually liked? And that could include even the acceptance speeches or what surprised you when the, uh, like in certain categories, uh, during the awards show. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think we should, let's talk right now about best picture. Um, okay. I'm happy to do that. We, we can talk about our ballots and how you beat me. Um, I'd love to have that conversation for sure. Um, but the I'll go Coda uh, in, I guess, all three categories I think are worth mentioning. Not all the categories are worth mentioning going through a bracket like that. But yeah. um, Coda surprised me for Best Picture. Didn't surprise a lot of people. By the end, it was actually the Vegas favorite by a little bit. Um, I was watching that. Um, and when I was filling out my final personal ballot on Sunday, um, I decided to stick with Power of the Dog. I thought it was more hype and momentum, which you can see sometimes where it's false momentum. Turns out it was real. Coda won. In my opinion, I'm going to hot take this thing right now. That was a disaster of a pick. It was not the best movie of 2021. It was not the best of the 10 Best Picture nominees. And in fact, I played a game earlier with my other friend who we talked through movies with, and he said, all right, so is Coda your winner? I said, no. And in fact, when I ranked them based on what I think was the best movie, not the most heartfelt, not the one that I wanted to take my family to, not the one that gave me cold chills, which Coda probably went those categories. Best movie, Coda's the 10th best movie, in my opinion, from that list of nominees. It's not the 10th best story. It's the 10th best movie as far as like direction, cinematography, editing, everything like that. Uh, I think Troy Kotzer loved that he won an won that award not trying to take anything away from disability representation that's awesome i want more of that in movies the fact that it's so special that's sad that sucks there should be more disability representation in nominees and in storytelling as far as the actual there's a reason that movie's not nominated for best director and then we get to go to the fun stat of who wins best picture without being nominated for best director and vice versa this one actually gets to throw um to change how we think of certain categories like cinematography editing director but Instead, to my mind, the only ones that it's nominated for is three categories, and it wins all three, which goes to show how big the hype was at the end there and how it started off not nearly as big. If that same hype had been there and if people were taking it seriously, I'm wondering if we might have seen other, uh, not only other categories like that, but other acting awards. Because in my opinion, there's a couple other actors who easily, Marley Matlin could have easily been in a supporting actor category, the the lead actress the 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 brother could have been a supporting actor as well and then maybe being in the same category as Troy Kotzer I don't know um, that's just based on like what the Academy would have been able to do and instead it wins the the three it gets 
the Troy concert speech was beautiful. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually like was getting choked up and teary eyed watching that speech, um, watching, um, the, the supporting actress from, uh, from Minari last year, looking at him doe eyed, signing his name and him being the first person in the room to, to put it together. Anyone else who knew sign language, that was a beautiful, cool moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Loved that. I don't know if there there is something interesting where the the voting body isn't giving a, uh, acting nominations to international performances very often. When people act in other languages, we rarely see them nominated in the acting categories. I don't know if I don't trust that this voting body did this because they actually saw the acting and said that was the best acting. I'm not trying to say it is or isn't at all. I honestly think Troy Kotzer wins that award, especially from this field. But the only thing I don't like that makes me a little uncomfortable is seeing everyone in that room feel so proud of themselves and doing their applause in sign language, which is a beautiful moment of unison. But cynically, there's something very Hollywood, I feel good. I did something good for this poor person that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get to feel good about themselves. And in, in, a, in, a, in a, to me, what's a little bit of a creepy power dynamic. I want there to be more movies like that that deserve to win. And I don't want those movies to win just to make people in Hollywood feel good about themselves. That's the most cynical take. Um, I personally... Um, there's something also like elitist about what I'm talking about of was that great directing and like if it made a bunch of people feel good is that a problem I don't know um I know that for my style of cinema and film and what I like out of movies it didn't give me anything like artistically innovative and challenging and interesting to where I go this is the standard bearer of what artful cinema should look like um the way that like Moonlight from however many years ago did and then we actually saw films change uh and like that that was uh to me a standard border standard bear of artistry in cinema i don't see coda as that i see it as a really a, a beautiful movie a beautiful story and a beautiful moment for the people who who made it um and and were involved with it so i don't want to take anything away from that aspect of coda other than in my opinion it doesn't it isn't actually the best like best movie of the last year I'm, I am curious if you have any thoughts on that. And, and then we can also get into other awards and ballots. But I think that's like, that's, that is a big, we talked about how people weren't talking about Coda enough after the Oscars. I would love to, to talk about it. I think it deserves to be discussed for sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're completely off base and incorrect in your opinion. <laughs> um, Coda was a beautiful movie. And if you were, and I think I've said this even before, it was top three movies for me last year. Um, is it number one? No, it's not. Um, but I, I do feel like it, it, out of all the movies mentioned in this category, um, it, it does, uh, I think it did qualify to at least be top three best. Uh, from last year the only reason why I knew Coda was going to win was because I saw that momentum shift in people's reactions to Coda 
Uh, I read an article earlier today was saying um, what changed for Coda? What made that become the clear front runner for the Oscars? And basically it was word of mouth and people last minute watching that movie and getting all the good feels and and getting, you know, very uh, emotionally attached to the movie leading up to their voting. So the, it, it again, it's, and it's, it's a problem that also happens in the Academy where it's all recency bias, right? That, and that's why films that come out in February, March, are oftentimes forgotten by this point, you know, yeah. because it's everything that comes out within the last parts of the year. That's why there is a, such a thing called Oscar season. You know, that's when these Oscar Beatty movies come out. That's when like the, the, the studios know which movies they want to put in front of the voting body so that they can get that consideration, right? Um, because, you know, again, I don't know how strong of a marketing campaign Coda put out, uh, Apple put out there for Coda to be recognized, but I'm pretty sure they had the money to do something and more than likely they got their results from it, right? Um, so I, I don't totally disagree. I mean, with your take on Coda not being like, you know, top 10 maybe at best for you um, like bottom of the list top 10 and all that and cinematically um, not being the best picture that come out last year but I also know your taste in movies so it goes back to that whole thing about that's why movies is so subjective because it really depends on the person right like you and I we were sharing articles about anonymous voting um, um, people or people who are voting and you saw their takes on what they thought were like the best movies of last year and I think I made a comment to you saying that if everyone on the academy voted and thought this way (laughs) all of our all of our ballots would be totally yeah. screwed because it's yeah. just all over the place right yeah. um you know and and most people don't even see the movies that they're voting for you know they just go what they hear you know from somebody or you know which i'm sure also happened in this case they saw coda leading up to that week of the last the deadline of voting and they're like oh my god that's a great movie i'm gonna vote for that you know so like like if if i were to be honest i i would probably put a movie like the Power of the Dog or Nightmare Alley above it as far as yeah. best movie for me. Or like I keep saying, Drive My Car. Drive My yeah. Car, I think, I think had that huge one. potential. Yeah, yeah, it had that huge potential to win also this category. But, you know, again, it, it just also goes back to the recognition of more international film, international acting and directing and all that. And I'm sure everyone had it in their mind that, well, it's going to win best international features. So, I'll just ignore it in this category and I'll just focus on something else. Right. So, so, so yeah, so it it definitely is an interesting take for sure. And, and again, at the end of the day, it's all, you know, subjective, but um, how are they going to fix that? How are they going to change that? Right. You know, it's, it's just going to be, I think it's always going to be the case. Right. I think what's interesting is, Yes, so there's the the recency bias, but Coda came out a very a long time ago compared to all a lot of the other movies in the Oscars movie season, and maybe that's partially what we're seeing is this plot changes with the streamers, and what used to happen is if you came out in December, you're gonna have a recency bias for theaters, but then there also might be some people who didn't have a chance to catch it in theaters if it was too last minute, and so there's that little sweet spot. And I remember, I think 1917 was one of those where did it come out too, too last minute? And that was part of the conversation for that film. 
Um, but maybe if you come out earlier, it doesn't. It's, it's it almost helps Coda that people didn't see it when it came out. They miss it completely, and then it's once the Oscars get nominated because it's a streamer. It's available immediately. You don't have to wait for the the screener to come in or for for enough word of mouth or people. Oh, people are taking this movie seriously. Instead, it wins enough awards. It gets nominated. It wins some awards, and people are taking it seriously. Now it's available to TV when they get home, um, and then I guess Oscar voters also have their own portal. They can watch these things that are that are immediately available to them. So it's no longer really as dependent on when the thing comes out in theaters and getting the um, getting the average movie going fan to watch it. Uh, which I think also would have been part of momentum back in the day, pre-COVID, is, oh, the box office numbers came in for this movie, and now the the voters are going to take it more seriously, that people are seeing this and people are excited about it, the word of mouth is happening, we should take this movie more seriously, because there is like a very different box office picture uh, story happening with, with these movies, some of them not having any box office at all, uh, right. then... Now, the question of what is Oscar season and when do we roll these movies out? How does that go? It kind of helps Coda that nobody really saw it until after the nominations happened. That's to me, that's very interesting. Um, and the fact that it got nominated in the first place, you know, um, how do you like that's going to be a difficult thing for someone else to figure out is how do we how do we play with that differently in the future? But this is an interesting it feels like a transition year. I think my other favorite uh, storyline here is that it's a streamer who gets it's the first streamer to win uh, an Oscar. Yeah. And yep. it wasn't Netflix, which even though power of the dog was the favorite for so long and they'd been trying for so long, this feels like a big transition year for the Oscars. And hopefully we're talking about how they fix it. This is one of the last years they try to uh, please everybody and then, you know, fall on their face multiple times. Hopefully mm-hmm. this also might be when we see things change as far as streamers versus movie theaters and how how that whole power dynamic works in the industry and coda being a, a great example of that yeah no definitely. can you help and, clarify something you were talking about though you're yeah. saying that coda was in your three favorite movies personally but it's not to you one of the best three like this this cinematography the directing that things like that so you're saying like you liked it personally but it's not can you clarify that position at all or yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it's in my top three of last year, but it's it's not number one. And I think it's okay. because, um, like you, I also do appreciate the art of filmmaking, right? And Coda, to be completely honest, felt like a movie that was maybe meant for streaming, you know, or maybe right. yeah. I think I heard people compare it to like maybe a glorified Lifetime movie or or what what have you and all that. Um, but it, the reason why it's so high up, though, is because how it affected me watching it. You know, I okay. got emotional. Yeah. I loved the story. Sure. Like, I, I, I really felt everything that everyone was going through. Um, it was very touching that way. But if I were to judge that to a movie like Nightmare Alley or Power of the Dog, that has, screams everything cinema, right? The cinematography, the the sound, the acting, you know, and all that. Definitely those two are much better than Coda, in my opinion. That's why those two would rank much higher in my list. Um, but if I were, if, you know, the way the voting, I, again, my, my selection of the ballot was just basically on putting my mindset 
in the voting academy and how they were going to go. And yeah. I knew that they were going to sway this way, even though for a certain time they were going to go for the power of the dog. But I, I do remember seeing that that momentum shift um, later on. Um, so that's why I went that way. But if it was me voting, I probably put, probably would have put like either like drive my car Nightmare Alley or The Power of the Dog there because, you know, those are the ones that I found to be like like the like my favorite movies of last year. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. I think I think that makes total sense. I think the other interesting thing when we're talking about what to expect from future Oscars is my impression from last year since Parasite, kind mm -hmm. of since Moonlight, when we saw that the more international voting body, I thought that they would be going for more artful movies. And so you yeah. saw um, uh, part of the reason why I, my ballot flopped compared to yours, my predictions was I was thinking they might choose Flea over Encanto, and I was thinking they wouldn't. They would choose Power of the Dog um, in the in that category. Um, there's a few categories where I made the assumption that they would choose the more cinema cinephile movie, and that was not the case at all this year. In fact, it yeah. feels kind of like the opposite. So. I think it's interesting. It, next year, I'll I'll be even more confused filling out my ballot, maybe trying to figure out what to expect. But it's definitely not as simple of a, as a narrative of, you know, the parasite is going to win. That definitely doesn't right. feel like that's going to be the story moving forward. So right, and I think it, 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 now voting. Body. <laughs> well, I think it, I I think it also helped. It also hurt the fact that it was a stacked year. It, it unfortunately became such a stacked year because like we talked about before, a lot of things were pushed back. And we had a lot of stuff that came out in the second half of last year, just like one after the other, you know? So there was so much coming out. And, and I think that definitely hurt a lot of things. And, you know, like, like you always like to say, votes sometimes get split, right? So I, I do feel like that was a potential to happen here. Um, but as far as like Encanto and stuff like that, uh, it's Disney and Disney has a yeah. lot of say in, in the industry, right? So when I talk about marketing push, they pushed Encanto hard in the last two to three months. Um, you know, even though I think a lot of people felt similarly to what I felt where it was a good movie, but it wasn't like a great Disney movie, but you couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. It was in your face a lot. And, and we're not even part of the voting academy. Could you imagine what they probably saw or what they were like being told or the stuff that they were getting in their emails or whatever like that? So yeah. uh, I could only imagine how that could have like swayed those votes because I still think the Mitchells is hands down the better animated movie, you know, but yeah. I, I can gloss over it and, you know, I'll throw in the towel and be like, all right, good job, Disney, you did it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So um, as far as like some of the uh, favorite moments for me, um, yes, Troy Kotzer's speech was very touching. Uh, I did tear up. Um, if you were watching my watch along, you heard my voice tremble. And I was kind of like a, a loss for words because it was extremely emotional. Um, another moment I loved was Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli um, because... Mm -hmm. You could tell if if I was Lady Gaga and I know how her love for Broadway and music is, she must have been beside herself to be on to share a stage with Liza Minnelli. And the fact that she was there kind of like 
like watching over her you know like there mm-hmm. was this, the moment like Liza kind of flubbed, flubbed her her lines and she just leaned over and said I got you girl and like, got that was just amazing oh so well that was cool yeah. honestly a yeah. lot of other people if they messed that up or that's an awkward moment it looks bad for Liza they embarrassed her and yeah. said no that was like a sweet moment between a granddaughter and a grandmother that actually felt yeah. special and I'm glad Lady Gaga handled that so damn well good on her yeah, like that For was sure. such a great moment, and yeah, and I feel like a lot of people missed that moment too, um, because if you weren't paying attention, you, it's easy to miss. But I, I saw it, and I was just like, "Wow, mm-hmm. that's a that was an amazing moment right there." Um, Jessica Chastain's speech was also very nice, uh, very touching. You know, bringing up the whole, you know, suicide and mental illness and everything that Tammy Faye championed and supported she was bringing that to the forefront too so i thought that was really really a nice moment um not a lot of political stuff really this time like not i mean yeah you had people wearing their like little ukraine flags and the colors of ukraine the academy had this like little uh brief moment of silence for what's happening there but as far as speeches are concerned not a lot of mentions uh that we probably would have seen in past years which i thought was kind of interesting um and i also did appreciate ariana debose what she said about being the first uh woman of color that's also openly uh, gay, the queer Afro Latina uh, first. Yeah, that was cool. That was a that special was, moment. That was amazing. I loved it. If you I find yourself in the gray that. areas, that that moment hit. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I yeah. thought that was just like such a great moment, and I'm glad she she said that um, because that was very powerful. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I, I feel like there was just so many cringy moments that it's so hard to. Pick the, the the nice moments are the moments that I did like, um, but I think the big surprise moment for me that I, I'm pretty sure didn't really please you was when No Time to Die won original song because that was just my like big power moment. I was just like, yes, I did it. I chose correctly. <laughs> I told you I always fill out a ballot for who I want to win, who I think should win. And then my official who I think will win. And I've been doing that since I was a boy. The irony here is that I put the James Bond movie for my want and should. I was like, I think this is the best song. This is the one I want to win. This is my favorite song. I like James Bond. I like Billie Eilish a lot. And yet I didn't think the Academy would agree with me. I instead second guessed them and I'm going, nah, I, my, my understanding is the favorite was uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. The narrative of him winning an EGOT is so powerful. He wasn't even there to not win the award. He wasn't even there yet, to accept yet, it. I was yeah. also a no-show in that category and it stung so bad. So I'm going, damn it, I wanted this one to win and now I'm, I'm not happy even. <laughs> but thanks, well, that, thanks I a guess- lot. I guess also for for those who are huge Lin Manuel fr- uh, fans, like that was a big shock to them too, because I think the, the odds were almost pretty much in his favor to get that egot last night, and oh, it the, just didn't yeah, happen, for right? Sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. I think the the No Time to Die was the number two choice, which surprised me because Beyonce is there too. I actually mm-hmm. thought that would have been the funnest upset when I was trying to like, you know, d- double guess, second guess, triple guess. The, the voters I was thinking like that because that's yet another one when I was looking at it is I thought maybe that should be the winner that might be the best song um, yeah. that was a fun fun opening number for sure you mentioned that earlier yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then just in general I was doing a lot of second and, and triple guessing which every time growing up I, I would do that uh, my mom and I would always fill our ballots out together and she would always make fun of me because like I would start off have like <laughs> just go with my gut and I would go wait what if this is the year and then that would just throw me and then my numbers mm-hmm. would tank 
Um, every now and then, it's treated me very well. I'd make a few guesses correctly, and then um, I, I always talk about the year that I had that perfect ballot, um, except the the shorts. This was not that year whatsoever. My yeah. guess was because this was such such a stacked year, and we have the the international voting body not knowing what to expect there. Um, and then there was also this narrative that was starting before about. I heard it from two different sources of people who are like in touch with voters, interview voters, et cetera. And they were saying there was a, a plan to spread love to where you could give Belfast an award, which they did. You could give mm -hmm. CODA an award, which they did. And then I think the other plan, um, I, I think the other part of it was licorice pizza, which that didn't pan out. But the, the other thought I had, which this is again, me just like overthinking things was if, Voters are trying to do things and not necessarily giving it to who everyone thinks should win, but there's some like, there's going to be a movement, oh, we should all vote for this thing instead, and then that thing might not happen. And then, so then you can have it to where a, a third choice actually ends up emerging because the first choice gets its vote split with the second choice that people are trying to, and no, that's not, that's not what happened for a lot of these. And a lot of them, are the favorites yeah. won, except you definitely, I think that's how you win an Oscar pool is by not only getting the chalk right, which all the acting categories were chalk all the way through. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was expecting some upset there and they weren't. International was expected. Director was expected. Picture was kind of an upset, but not really by the time you got to the Vegas odds. And so to win an Oscar pool, really what you got to get right. You don't get the big things wrong that are um, that are the favorites. If there's a 50-50, get that right. And then get the upsets right. So uh, if mm -hmm. you get even a couple of those, like a best original song for you, a very clutch Good work on you. Bravo, Renee. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. But yeah, let's just look really quickly at our ballots here because I, I think oh, like really? you said. We'll make it really quick. We'll make it. It's funny. You don't see the screen right now, but I marked yours big time. I was just like, X. <laughs> <laughs> um, down, F letter grade at the top. Yeah. But like you said, like the acting categories, those were pretty like solid. Like I think we already knew where that was going and where that was heading. Um, you know, animated feature, you had Flea, uh, and I knew where you were going with that. I had the Mitchells, and of course, that was incorrect. Oh, because uh, I, I you, because we both knew we should put in Kanto, but we kind of like thought through it or thinking, like, oh, maybe this will be an upset, even though the favorite was it was in Kanto. Uh, um, I put yeah. Mitchells. Yeah, I was very, very set that that was going to be maybe like the sleeper, the sleeper win there, but no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, costume design, we both had correct. I mean, Cruella, I mean, that was like almost a given to me. Uh, yeah. Directing, again, another given that, you know, that was, if it didn't go to power to Jane Campion, I would have been really shocked. I would have been yeah, yeah. really, really surprised. Yeah. Um, we both got cinematography wrong because um, yeah. we both that said was it was going to go power of the dog. So it went to Dune. Let's talk Dune about Dune. Well. Yeah, wow. six Oscars all in the technical categories. I mean, yeah. I guess that wow. was their way of just like, uh, you know, telling them that you did a great job, but not in directing or best picture. <laughs> Seriously, how, it's impossible because there was an argument before. How can you get nominated in all those categories and not get a best director nomination? Because yeah. the director is the one coordinating all of that. And to not even get a director nomination and to win all of those is doesn't make any damn sense. I, we mentioned before, Dune isn't my genre. I was impressed by it, and I, I, yeah. it makes total sense to me that it's winning these things. I don't know that I'm able to necessarily appreciate it as a movie, but mm -hmm. wow, what a great night for Dune. 
And you're yeah. going to tell me that it's not the best picture and it's not a best director, even though it did everything it was supposed to do. Everything that makes a movie was perfect and it was the best. But it's actually the best movie. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. Um, I think it's there. There's a way of saying that, which is we don't take these genre sci-fi movies seriously. We don't take fantasy mm-hmm. seriously. We don't take horror seriously. But we'll give you all the other words. You might be the best movie, but in a genre we don't take seriously. I think that's kind yeah. of something that would be nice if they could get correct when we're talking about how to fix the awards in the future would be, it'd be cool if they could actually award the best movie, not just the best Oscars type movie, but that's another conversation. Yeah. And, and and that's something that it's going to take a long time for them to figure that out. Because again, you know, kind of just like the little rant I went on about Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, arguably that was the movie of last year, just based on box office, just based on getting people back to cinema and and going out there and watching a movie and all that and to only have it in visual effects like that that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me but you know again I understand it too because it it's not an Oscar based or an Oscar type of movie but it's still a movie that everyone went to see compared to a coda or compared to a power of the dog right so Yeah, it's 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 something that it's going to take a long time for us to get close to closer to that point. But yeah, um, as far as documentary, you still had flea on on, on your official one. I again, I Overthought knew where it. you were going. Yeah. Um, you know, but summer of soul. That's what I had. Short subject. I mean, we both got that. Film editing. You had tick tick boom. I had uh, Dune. Oh, so. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's- I'm trying to find the upsets and then hopefully that's like where you can find, Oh, I, you know, run up the score because I guessed the upsets correctly. And I did, I guessed all the upsets incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't yeah. The actual upsets. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, like for example, like makeup and hairstyling, you, you, you were very strong in your house of Gucci selection there. Um, no, I because... was not. I actually said, yes. I became a for three straight minutes. And then I remembered Andrew Garfield's old man makeup. I was like, Oh wait, no, never. Let me change it. And I changed it the last second. Uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's a typical Blake move, right there. For, for sure. Yeah, that's what I get for thinking about these things too much. Next year, I'm going gut and gut alone. N- yeah. Not even thinking about it at all. No, yeah. Uh, again, international feature film. We knew that that was a lock right there. Uh, we already talked about original song, uh, original score. Again, I'm so happy for Hans Zimmer, second Oscar. You know, well deserved. Uh, kind of crazy that he only has two, with all like his body of work. You know, so really, really happy for him there. Well, um, before we move on, Johnny Greenwood hasn't won. In my opinion, there will be blood. Maybe one of the best scores of all time. He did Spencer last year, which maybe was even mm-hmm. better. Maybe Power of the Dog was the wrong one to nominate. I'm going to go and say I actually think Johnny Greenwood deserved the win, but Hans Zimmer kind of gets that more lifetime achievement. Oh, shit, we haven't given this guy more Oscars. Let's give him one. It was impressive work. I almost talked myself out of that one for my ballot. I'm glad I did it. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad Hans Zimmer won. I, I wonder if next time Johnny Greenwood put something out, if he might start to get that Hans Zimmer type treatment of, oh, shit, we should have been giving this guy his awards earlier. All right. Know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that would be really, really nice to see for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then like in the small categories, we had most of it correct. I mean, animated short film, we we it wasn't Robin Robin. It went to the windshield wiper and all that. Um, I, I ended up watching those and I go, oh, mm-hmm. shit, windshield wiper is the best one here. There's no way they're going to pick that. 
And then last year, Robin Robin kind of reminded me of the little the rabbit movie that won last year. And I was like, yes, okay, yes. that's what people are saying is going to win. Let me stick with that one. And then yeah, no, sure. when I saw Winter Wiper, I go, hell yeah, that was the best one. That was really beautiful. Definitely, I definitely recommend it. It was it was free online. Um, there was some website how to see this shorts. Mm. And definitely recommend that one. Um, I don't know if people are, would have seen it otherwise, but definitely check that out. Cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some that like after seeing um, kind of their little clips and all that, like on the broadcast, I'm just like, you know what? This looks like something I really should probably check out and all that. So, um, yeah. And the only, only a small category where we were different in was original screenplay because you still had Don't Look Up on yours. And I stuck to Belfast. And Kenneth Branagh, I, can you believe that this is his first like win in this category? Yeah. And and his mustache as Hercule Poirot hasn't won anything, which doesn't make any not sense. Not a thing. Not, not a thing. thing. No, no, it's a, it's a one of the mustache awards because that needs yeah. something. Um, but yeah, but those are the brackets there. So I mean, again, lots of fun to do this every year. Um, you know, can't wait to see what's going to happen again next year. But I hope you guys had fun. If you filled out your own brackets, let us know in the comments how you fared. How did you fare compared to ours and all that stuff? Um, and let us know. I mean, we're we're at the end of the episode here. Just like, what are your thoughts on the Oscars in general? You know, like, are you still watching? Are you still interested to watch it? What would you change and all that? What were some of the moments that you appreciated let us know in the comments there um for sure uh so blake as we wrap up any last closing comments thoughts uh diatribes about this year's oscars i've, I've ranted long enough i've just remembered i was going through my notes the very first thing is dj khaled running <laughs> on stage chaotically <laughs> trying to introduce people but then wanting to re reintroduce them i was going what the fuck is happening? This is pure fucking chaos. And my honest thought was, I go, oh, this is going to be a wild night. They're leaning into the chaos, which is a good way to get mm -hmm. eyeballs on live TV is the feeling of anything could happen. And then everything after that was chaotic, but not in an anything could happen kind of way until the Will Smith yeah. moment, of course. But it was just a lot of like, oh, this is disorganized and they didn't really plan this ahead. And what am I actually looking at right now? Are they doing introductions or, okay, no, now there's another category and all over the place. I like the feeling of anything could happen, but it <laughs> went from being disorganized to fully off the rails with Will Smith. And then everything after that was just people like trying to, the the weird moment when you know you're at the the Thanksgiving and Grandpa yells at your cousin and you're like, <laughs> and everyone's kind of silent for a while. Well, these are some good green beans, and that was how the rest of the evening felt. I almost want there to just be like a normal fucking Oscars next year, and goodness gracious, make it something that movie lovers want want to watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that, oh my God, that DJ Khaled mo moment was just, yeah. Uh, and we the best, and we number one. Was it, it was just, of the show. It was yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, that's what I was expecting too. It's like, all right, well, he's there, so he's probably going to be the DJ. I was like, no, it's this other dude. I'm like, all right. DJ last year. Now it's DJ Khaled. Nope. And now it's DJ T. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Although I thought it would have been funny if they kept Questlove as the DJ of the evening and then have him like make his way down from there to like, accept right. his award. It has to be quiet. He goes, I'm not going to play myself off. So, 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, as always, it's an interesting show. Uh, obviously, with with the shenanigans that happened, it made it definitely a lot more interesting, and that's why a lot of people are definitely talking about it. Uh, one last uh, update on the poll. Uh, 22 votes in. Chris Rock still in the lead as far as who are people siding with, with Will Smith in a distant 18%. And But coming in second is people still watch the Oscars? All right, so it looks like people don't really care much. Uh, but again, vote if you're interested. Share your thoughts and feelings. And this has been Movie Time with Loki Geek and the Wolf. So as we close out, Blake, where can people find you online? Blake wolf b-l-a-k-e-w-o-l-f-s-s-n on letterboxd download the letterboxd app at follow blake wolf s-s-n uh and i am nearing 2700 movies logged on there every time i watch one i just watched every uh everything everywhere all the time as soon as it's over the credits are rolling i just go into letterboxd give it my score um and then um i put list there i I actually follow some cool people i recently um one of my favorite new directors is Isabel Sandoval, and she was posting her letterbox recommendations on IG. I messaged her, and she's a new enough uh, auteur, and she replied with her handle, and so now I'm following Isabel Sandoval. Um, I love that app. Everyone needs to be on it ASAP. And then also, apparently, you can find me here. We're doing weekly episodes now. I don't know what we're talking about next week, but it's going to be good. I love doing this with you, man. Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely figure it out. Uh, I, I, my thought, my initial thought is now that the Oscars are finally over, we could possibly do our recap of our f- top ten favorite movies of last year, and just talk about that. Uh, it, I'll give you a week to prep for it, so that could. three more hours on the clock book it (laughs) um so that could be something but you know there's always something interesting to talk about especially in the world of movies especially with the amount of movies that blake and i watch so do stay tuned uh again follow loki geek channel you got the handles on screen you got the links in the description and like i said uh if you like what you see subscribe hit that notification bell so that you do get notified the next time blake and i have an episode that gets uploaded like do all that fun stuff you're looking for an audio version to listen to when you're in the bathroom or you're driving to work or you're waiting for your kids to get off school Go to your podcast platform of choice and look for the Low Kiki channel there and you could download all the episodes from there. So for Blake the Wolf, I am Renee, Loki Geek. I am me, you are you. Stay cool, stay classy and safe, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye.